Hey everybody, before we start the show today, I am very excited and proud to announce that Crypto 101 Podcast has been nominated for the Crypto Influencer Award of 2018 for Best Crypto Podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. But please go to Crypto101Podcast.com. There's a pop-up there. Vote for us so we can win the Best Crypto Podcast. Thanks again and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Just a reminder that this show is not legal advice, trading advice, financial advice, or personal advice. Enjoy the show, and thank you very much. This show was sponsored by Seal Network, a blockchain-powered product authentication and service platform. Hi, I lived in China for many, many years, and China is the home of knockoff counterfeit goods. They call them super fakes. You can be sitting at a dinner table, which I have been, with somebody with an authentic Louis Vuitton and a counterfeit Louis Vuitton, and you cannot tell the difference. Superfakes are everywhere, from watches, bags, shoes, clothing, almost everything can be counterfeited. Well, not anymore. Not with Seal Network. Seal Network has created a solution that mixes blockchain technology with NFC chips. Products and brands now can embed the NFC chip into their product and with the Seal Network app on your phone, you can scan any product with the Seal Network NFC chip and confirm its authenticity. Also, with the app, you can claim ownership to a product, purchase products, and many other things. If this sounds interesting to you, check out seal.network and check out their token sale. Now, back to the show. Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101, the average consumer's guide to cryptocurrency. This is Matthew Aaron, and we are very proud to be sponsors of the Ethereal Summit in New York City, May 11th and May 12th. And part of that, we wanted to have on Jesse Grusak, the co-creator of the summit, to come and talk to us about the summit. And we're going to talk about what it's like to make an event, past Ethereal events, who's going to be speaking, and of course, like always, we're going to go into general conversation just about the space and a little bit about himself as well. But before that, please go to Crypto101Podcast.com. Vote for us for the number one crypto podcast. You'll see the pop-up on our website. Send us an email if you like. Join our Facebook group if you would like to have some people there to talk about crypto with you, help you in the space, or just share some funny memes. Go to iTunes, subscribe to us, leave us a rating and a comment. It helps us out a lot. Thank you very much for doing so. And also think about becoming a Patreon. The Patreons are the backbone of Crypto 101. We thank you very much for your support. And without further ado, Jesse... Grushak, co-creator of the Ethereal Summit in New York, May 11th, May 12th. We'll see you after the show. Jesse Grushak, co-founder of Ethereal Conference. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you for coming on Crypto 101 and giving everybody a 101 on conferencing and the Ethereal Conference. What I wanna do today is I just wanna give everybody an introduction of yourself, and then I wanna go into the conference, and I really wanna go into like a little bit of the history, in depth, what's the name mean, who's gonna be at the conference, what is it like to organize such an event when you have such big names there, is there any setbacks, any things that are you know very easy to do, very hard to do, and then maybe a little bit about what you're trying to accomplish with this conference, and then maybe some general questions about you and what do you think of the space? What do you think? Sounds great. Let's do it. All right, brother. So first question, who are you, sir? Introduce Jesse. 
Cool. I'm Jesse Grishak. I'm from Long Beach, New York. I guess my journey into the blockchain world started in 2010. I found Bitcoin, mined it for a couple of days, you know, had two hundredths of a penny and was like, this is ridiculous. I didn't see any value in it. It just killed my computer. I kind of forgot about it for about a year. Saw it again when it was around a dollar and was started getting interested in it. I was in school at the time and kind of fell in love with electronic music at the same time. You know, when it was time to go into find a career, there was my interest in blockchain and Bitcoin and there was my interest in, in music. And there's nothing to do in blockchain at that time. You know, there was just pretty much Bitcoin companies. It was right. 2013. You know, there was there was nowhere to go unless you were a cryptographer or something. Right. So. I am not. And so instead, you know, I went and used my connections in music, got an internship with ID&T, the events company from Europe. They were bought by SFX, worked with SFX after I graduated school. So I was working on 40, 50, 60,000 person music festivals and really realized the impact that events and experiences can have on people. It's pretty rewarding to work all year or, you Mm -hmm. know, for six months on something and then you know, you comes together and you see 60,000 people having, you know, one of the best nights of their lives rewarding. <laughs> and uh, it's it's fun to bring people together and it's fun. You have a lot of fun while you're doing it. So that was where my events love came from. Started the consensus in 2015 and started working on our music project, Ujo. Mm. And I kind of, you know, love the event side and was at an event with my co-creator, Amanda Gutterman. And we were talking about, you know, the pitfalls of the current event we were at. And trying to talk about an app and how we could fix the app with blockchain and, you know, if we did this and that. And then Joseph Lubin kind of turned around and he's like, well, why don't we just do our own conference or our own, you know, experience and then we can see where it goes from there and we can start building technology around it. So that was about a year and a half ago at this point, November 2016. We are now kind of in our second iteration of the Ethereal for New York. Right on, brother. Right on. So you're holding some Bitcoin since 2011, huh? So I mined Bitcoin for a couple of days. I had half a Bitcoin and I thought it was ridiculous. So I threw it out. And, right, that's, well, and that's it. Never bought Bitcoin again back in the early days. And I did. I, I did. I emailed my dad when Bitcoin was $7 and I asked him to borrow some money to buy some Bitcoin. And he looked at me like I had, you know, six heads. He's like, absolutely not. And oh. I kept hammering him until, until finally he relented. And I got in three days before it peaked. And, you know, five days later when it was at a 50%, it was at like 60 bucks again. But I was like, wow, that was a great investment. Good, good job. You know, and then I, I held strong and it came back up and I dumped most of it around the time of the first U.S. government hearing on Bitcoin because it was shaky waters. So that was, I think, 20, I want to say 13. Okay. Well, right on, man. Right on. Oh, of course, I'm just digging to see you. Is this dude crypto rich over here? Did he buy some penny Bitcoin? Next, you know, it's holding 100,000 Bitcoin at 20,000 apiece. <laughs> anyway, I go wish. Ahead. Yeah, oh, shit. Don't we all risk, man? <laughs> so, very interesting about the conference. So, you were in music. You did conferencing. You liked bringing people together. I, I totally understand where you're coming from. I like bringing people together, working on a project, and then watching a lot of people have fun. Of course, there's a lot of trouble that comes out of that. We'll go into that in a little bit. But when you met Mr. Lubin, how did that come about? What was the conversation, and how did this event start, and who brought that up, and then what was the motivation to get it going? I met Joe for the first time in the lobby of the EY building in Times Square. I had email consensus is info at email. There was no website at the time. And, you know, kind of said I really wanted to work consensus. And, you know, I really was into the whole space and interested in what they were doing. 
even though I didn't really understand the byline on the website. It was Consensus is a decentralized venture studio building blockchain applications primarily on Ethereum. Okay. And I was like, this was, you know, 2015. I was like, huh, I think, okay, I think I have some Ethereum. I might have bought some of that at one point. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, I found Joe and he was like, yeah, we're actually working on a project at Mysteryland, which is one of the festivals I used to work on. They were doing like a social reputation or something project, kind of trying to figure out crypto economics in the real world mm-hmm. without using a blockchain at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we kind of just get, got talking and he said, you know, come hang out for the summer and if you find something to work on, you know, we'll figure it out. And right. kind of came from there. And when we started to talk about, you know, probably about a year later when we started to, we were at a conference and we were thinking about it. We were like, you know, what's next? Like, how do we bring together all the people in crypto to have an experience like this? Because you have so many good conversations when you're actually in person and not yelling at each other over Twitter. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So, you know, it, it's all about bringing people together. And we really kind of realized that the future of societies won't be built by someone in their bedroom. You know, <laughs> the, the code to do it might be there in someone's bedroom, but the actual figuring out how it all works and testing it out, it's got to happen in the real world. Right. Right. So when you said you met Joe in a lobby, was it you emailed him or did you ambush him? We're like, hey, Joe. I emailed him. I I'm the guy that's been bothering him. you for yeah. three months. <laughs> <laughs> I emailed him and they told me to come to the Ethereum meetup. And there were probably 30 people there. Uh-oh. Super small. And okay. Yeah, it was about four months before Ethereum actually launched. Okay. Right on. So. Right on. Really so, so you're so you're talking to talking to Joe. You guys are coming up with a, a conference. You guys picked the name Ethereal. Why that name? Besides the ether part in there. So I wanted to call it Block Party. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a difference. I thought, yeah, I thought Block Party was an awesome name. You know, we were gonna have music. We we're gonna have talks. We we're gonna do, you know, basically make it like a block party. Actually, that's a good name. Do you, do you have that trademarked? We, there's that note we don't and then oh, you know shit, dude, i'm running with coming it out with that that name <laughs> it is a great name though and it got vetoed down by amanda and one of our other person you know carolyn Reckow, who also really helped out a lot with the first one mm-hmm. and they were like you know it sounds too much like a party right Oops, did i lose you so amanda and another one of our coworkers voted it down and they came up with the name ethereal and we all agreed on it and it sounded you know airy and ethereal i guess uh, so we kind of stuck with it and just you know went forward cool cool so so past events this is you said your second ethereal conference correct it's the second one in new york okay and it is actually the fourth event with the ethereal brand on it so we did the first one in brooklyn last year with about 600 people we did the second one in San Francisco last October. Mm-hmm. We intended it to be a little smaller. It ended up being around eight or 100 people. Nice. Or 900 people, and they ended up calling the fire marshal on us because we were overcrowding the venue. Nice. That's, <laughs> a, that's the way to do it. So, exactly. And then we did a lounge at Davos this year where people could come learn about consensus, and we did a, a lounge at South by Southwest. All right. So now you're having this event this year also in Brooklyn or Manhattan or? It's technically Queens. All right. But yeah, so it's in Massbeth in Queens. That's about 10 minutes away from the consensus office. It's this giant old glass factory that's like in the middle of the industrial area in Queens. And it is awesome. It's an awesome venue and it's 
got a lot of land around it. So, so it, you, in mind of wall. What podcasting you can't see is the face of Jesse right now, and he's he's like geeked out, smiling about this factory. I could see that his brain is working. He's like, man, I could put a couple of DJs there. The bar would be over here. We'd have the lights over here. <laughs> You know, it's just you walk into a venue, it feels right. And yeah, we're excited to pack it full. How many are you expecting? Uh, right now we're expecting 1,200, but I think it'll probably go up a little bit as we get closer to the event. Cool. Cool. Well, uh, Crypto 101 will be there, so we'll be happy to meet you. So out of the past events, you've been doing, uh, you said this is your fourth event with the Ethereal brand on it. What do you get out of the events? So you bring all these people together. You have a couple speakers, and then what are you trying to accomplish? What are the people going to accomplish? What are the speakers trying to accomplish there? And wh how do you call it a successful event besides no fire marshals? <laughs> For us, I think we're still at the kind of education point. You know, the crypto space is still young. It's really difficult to get a unified definition of blockchain. You ask every person, they'll tell you something different and describe it differently. So I think this is really about how do we connect you know the brilliant minds that are working knee deep in code building out this technology with the people that don't even really know how to use technology and are doing some pretty world changing things that need to connect with the blockchain developers really at the end of the day because we could say that all these systems are broken but you know there's tons of people out there that that have realized that too without blockchains and they've been trying to work to solve these problems. You know, I think if we start marrying these two, you know, some of the most brilliant people in not blockchains and some of the most brilliant people in blockchains and saying, you know, here's what they're doing to help shape a society. Here's how, you know, Saudi Arabia is working to empower women. And how can we use technology to enhance this? You know, it's a tool at the end of the day, right? Like mm -hmm. blockchain is a tool. Mm -hmm. And so you, what are we doing around that tool? We have to actually start to create new things and new societies and new ways of interacting with each other and that's kind of what this event tries to accomplish it's trying to bring together the artists the creatives the coders the venture capitalists you know all together and say if you're all in the same room you know what can happen how do we get to the point where the stuff actually works and it's being used by billions of people every day without them even realizing so if i was doing an event like this i would tell all the speakers of the event that it has to be on a certain theme do you guys do that and then when the speakers come out to this event and they speak what are they usually trying to speak about? What are the speakers that you're going to have at this event? And what are their themes for this event? Absolutely. So when we started this year, we, you know, I've been to more blockchain conferences than I can than count. It's just nonstop. I feel like I did two conferences last week. I did four the week before. There's just too much of it. <laughs> and, you know, we want to stop the whole kind of ICO pitching because... People don't go to these conferences to hear them talk about your company and how that's going to win out all these other stuff. You know, right. we want to talk about how do we work together to build the future? How do we collaborate? How do we make new things? So we set the rule this year of, of no pitching on the stage. Oh, nice. You know, we don't want to hear about ICOs. We don't want to hear about, you know, what token we should buy. If your ideas and what you're trying to work on in this world inspires me and you happen to have an ICO out there, then that's probably a lot better than just hearing your elevator pitch. So, right. We said no pitching. We kind of tried to cut back on panels. It's a lot of voices a lot of the times, and we feel like it's best to sometimes just focus on one. Mm -hmm. We have one area that's 15-minute talks, just single speakers mostly. There are a couple fireside chats there. We have a stage for demos, so we want to see real working products. Mm, we want to see nice. how do I use your software? What is it trying to accomplish? You know, you talk about it then, but show it to me. Don't just talk about it. Mm -hmm. And then we're doing workshops. So, you know, we have design thinking for blockchains. We have what does decentralized journalism look like with blockchains? You know, different workshops to really get people more interactive and, and trying to understand. Then we have tons of art, 
art with the blockchain theme going on. We have Zen Zone, where we're going to be doing meditations, yoga. Cool. Uh, the very controversial Deepak Chopra is going to be leading a meditation there. So we're trying to mix it up a little bit. You know, I, I don't want people in the chair for all day just sitting there listening to people talk. The best connections actually happen at these events when you're not just sitting there listening to someone else. You know, you're talking to other people, you're interacting, right. you're being part of the moment. Right, right, right. So what were some of the problems and the, like, the challenges to do this event? Like, I, I would assume, you know, find the venue is a challenge. But once you find the venue is, you know, organizing and then bringing everybody there at the same time. And what are some of the biggest things that came up that you're just like, ah, oh, this, this is the biggest headache of the day. And then you get a new one next week. <laughs> we tend to push things to the last minute with the stuff. So the headaches aren't over yet. So I don't want to speak too soon about what's the biggest headache. <laughs> but, you know, it's a challenge. We're bringing together a ton of different people coordinating them really a lot of the time just comes down to how well we're communicating and if there's any breaks in the communication the planning starts to become a headache right because then you know you have to spend hey guys tivo here to tell you about the ufi video lock a smart lock a 2k camera and a doorbell all in one that's right three in one for triple the security it's easy to install all you need is a phillips screwdriver no drilling required it gives you keyless entry so no more fumbling your keys when you have your hands full coming back from the grocery store no more worry about the kids losing a house key no more worry about a guest losing the house key or forgetting the passcode on your door and for Airbnbers, it's a no-brainer as you can change the passcode at will between renters. It has available fingerprint recognition and it has AI self-learning chips. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You will have no anxiety with the battery charging. It is a rechargeable battery and it lasts around four months. But don't worry, when it's low, it'll give you plenty of weeks notice. And also, it always comes with a physical key as a backup. There's no monthly fee, unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee to get your backup recordings. They're always recorded locally and you will always have access. Customer support for the Eufy Video Lock is 24-7, so you don't have to worry about any issues you have. And it comes with an 18-month warranty. What I love about this product is it is truly all-in-one. With the three-in-one, you don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Eufy Video Lock. So if you're interested in learning more, go on Amazon and search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 15 minutes coordinating everyone and trying to figure out what's going on and did this happen did that happen i emailed this i emailed that and when those things break down i'd say that's where the biggest headaches are but other than that it's finding great content great speakers amanda has some incredible relationships that 
have gotten us the lineup we do have, as well as really the entirety of consensus is really work to get the speaker lineup that we do have it's challenging to figure out how much to price tickets at is that right you know how do you do it where you're not losing money but you're still inclusive where do we put the stages what's the content structure look like what does the day look like how do we merge all of these kind of culture and art and music and education together into a single event but it's coming together and i think the final product's going to be really 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 incredible how do you know all you guys are going to show up luckily we do have like I said, relationships with a lot of our speakers. We've known a lot of our speakers for, for a decent amount of time, work with a lot of our speakers, or have plans to do work with some of our speakers. So I think they'll show up. That's my the bottom of my list of worries. Okay, cool. So what's on the top of the list of worries? I'd say making sure it's all smooth. That's the biggest thing, you know, yep. smooth event. There might be a few complaints here and there, but how do we get it to run like a well machine? You know, I'm taking this, and this is the first time we've met or spoke, that you're an average dude. You grew up in New York. You, you're not like, you know, crypto rich billionaire with 40 Lambos. At least I'm assuming this. This is what I'm getting I'm, right now. I don't. No. All right. So, <laughs> so you're an average dude that started working in the blockchain space. Crypto 101 has been focusing on, you know, average people working in the blockchain space for a while. What would you recommend them to do if they want to start working in the blockchain space? If they're just an average dude, maybe a bartender or a, even a truck driver, or just a dude that says, you know, I love crypto. I've been listening to podcasts and involved in the space for a year or more or two years already. I want to start working in it. What would you say? Figure out where you want to start working in it. I'd say first, if you're into blockchain because of crypto, you know, then you probably want to go out and work for an exchange or go find a trader to work with because chances are you're actually more interested in the investment side of things. But if you actually want to work in how this stuff changes the world, then find some projects that, that are doing that because honestly, the stuff that like they're starting to put blockchains on these days, it's getting hard to surprise me of like what, what becomes a blockchain company these days. <laughs> so, you know, chances are someone out there is doing something maybe related to what you're doing or what you're thinking or what you're feeling, find those people, you know, go talk to them, try to make as many connections to this space as you can and see where you can help out before they don't have to have a job listing. But if you think you can add value to a project, why not see if they're looking for help? Because this space is really all about collaboration. Right on, right on. Good advice, man. Good advice. I think that there are so many different, <laughs> there's so many different avenues that you can you know, go down in, in the blockchain space and just working for a blockchain company. There's design work, you know, a lot of the user interface, if you could have a little bit of coding, you know, and you can make some beautiful things, you can do it with a blockchain company or even, you know, just working with the events department and say, hey, you know what, I'm a designer or I'm a writer. I can do your media brochures or what have you and do it up for them. And, you know, a lot of people are very welcoming in this space to say, we need some help. <laughs> so 100%. So yeah, yeah, man. you know, every single one of those jobs you listed, that is a position of consensus. So, <laughs> so you know, we, so, hey, there you go. Is there a positions in consensus that the listeners could think about, hey, reaching out to you guys and sending you an email for? There's 180 positions open on our website, I think. Wow. <laughs> a any positions for a podcaster? <laughs> um we did have a podcast going for a while so you never know uh, joking man joking real quick last question about the event would you mind just dropping some names who's going to be at the event and what they're going to be speaking about yeah absolutely so the director of the ethereum foundation is going to be there sheila warren the head of blockchain for the world economic forum she's incredible she's been kind of looking at this and asking some really interesting questions that i've never considered when it's in a developing nation when you have full transparency is that putting some of the people at risk mm. you know is that because you know with the 
instabilities of the governments there, full transparency might not be the best option. That's a good point. That was kind of when I was in a World Economic Forum session, that was kind of the first things that kind of made me think, you know, for a minute, which it's interesting, her perspective. Eva Kali from the EU parliament, she's going to be there talking about how the European Union's what they're doing in blockchains and how they're kind of looking at this whole area. We have a ton of female speakers, which is incredible. Amanda and the rest of the team did an incredible job getting such a diverse group of people. Amber Balde from formerly of JP Morgan. She was the head of blockchain at JP Morgan. She recently right, left. Right. She's going to be there. We have a couple of people from Saudi Arabia that will be there talking about, you know, what they're doing in their country to really bring it into the 21st century. And how they're working specifically on diversity and inclusion to make sure that every voice is heard. So, you know, I think that's, we, we do have a really interesting mix of people. We have, I think, nine projects, nine art projects we gave grants to that have built some pretty incredible artwork. We're doing a charity art auction on Saturday night with the folks from Codex and Rare Art. So hopefully those crypto kitties are still selling for a lot. So we'll raise a bunch of money for, for charity. <laughs> really incredible workshops. Michael Casey is going to be there. Like I said, there's there's yoga, there's meditation, there's, you know, hanging out with, with new friends and old friends. So really looking forward to it. Cool. Cool. If you don't mind, can we just talk about some general questions about the crypto space? Hit me. Sometimes when you're on Twitter and you're scrolling through, there's this one name that catches your eye all the time. And everybody's name is different. It is your influencer. It's somebody that you, when they tweet, you read. Who would be the person that you would say is somebody that influences you or you respect in the crypto space that, that if they're in the Twitter feed that you will stop, read their tweet and maybe reply or like it. So he's not in the crypto space necessarily. He's an economist. Noah Smith is someone who I always read his tweets. I find his viewpoints, you know, really interesting and very fair always. You know, he looks at the issue kind of wholeheartedly and actually looks at the economics of why things are occurring. I always find that fascinating. That's a good question. You know, I mean, Twitter is <laughs> has so has its ups and downs. No, it's true. It's true. I ask it for Twitter because it does have its ups and downs. It does have its crap all over the place, and you usually just scroll by most of it. But sometimes, like Naval, if he tweets, I'm probably gonna glance at it pretty closely and see what he said. Yep, Naval's incredible. I actually had the opportunity of seeing him speak a couple of weeks ago, and his, his perspective is just really balanced. Yeah. Naval is definitely someone I agree with. Cool. Cool. So Noah Smith is on your list. Noah Smith. Vinay Gupta is always interesting. I follow, yeah, I follow a lot of music people too. So my Twitter is all over the place. No, I'm feeling you. I'm feeling you. And I don't follow all crypto. Actually, the Crypto 101 Twitter is mostly crypto. And there's some that, you know, have a lot of Twitter followers that even if they tweet, I still don't read it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like it's like how'd you get how'd you get nine million twitter followers man you put out crap all the time yeah for me twitter is like i'd rather interact with people so if i like yeah i don't know i feel like i'm always i'm on the ujo twitter a lot and so i'm always just responding back to people and you know trying to make it a conversation right on so if somebody gave you advice though in the crypto space and they said hey jesse bro look you got to pick up some of this coin who would who would that person be that you would say I'm picking up some of that coin. It's not one person for me. Without me doing any research, it has to be like probably four or five people or not, maybe even more. You know, I think to me, the only time I ever make an investment blindly like that is if I hear like a murmuring for a while of mm. something, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm like, wait, what? I keep hearing people say this. What is that? And then I'll, I'll go on and usually I'll miss the boat at that point. But <laughs> 
you know, uh, that's, that's really the only time I'll ever make blind decisions. And I fully acknowledge that it is a complete gamble. Man, I've been standing on the shore for months now, so I understand about missing the boat. <laughs> <laughs> so is there four or five people just, you know, random people because you just he keep hearing the same thing from different people or are there four or five specific people? Yeah, no, they're not specific, you know, just probably four or five people that I, that I hear because for me, at least that when I talk to my friends, I try to keep the crypto out of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Why is that? I don't know. I find that when I'm working on the space and thinking about this stuff all day or have explained the same thing six times, I'm just like, you know, when I'm chilling, just chilling. <laughs> right, right. Not trying to work. I feel you. I feel you. So what project do you think is going to have the most impact in the space in the future? Immediate future or, or you know, are we talking six months? Or are we talking five to ten years? Well, now you just gave yourself two questions. Both. <laughs> <laughs> I look mostly from the Ethereum perspective, so I'm just thinking Ethereum projects right now. Right. I think, honestly, what the technology behind what Spank Chain's doing is incredible. And Which they one have is some, that? some tech. Spank Chain. Spank Chain. What is Spank Chain? It's one of those ones where it's better left unexplained until you go do the research, not in class or in school or at work. <laughs> why, why am I thinking that this has to do with porn? Because <laughs> it does. All right. So we have. <laughs> <laughs> hey where's your pr manager right now <laughs> yeah right no but no seriously though spank chain has some of the you know they're already have they've implemented state channels like fully wait no, which I, is i'm googling this right now i usually don't google during the interviews but this is adult entertainment on the blockchain a crypto economic powered adult entertainment ecosystem built on the ethereum framework well micropayments become a model to, this is hilarious i love this is this made by Spankwire by any chance? It's not. It is made by a Spanktoshi. Spanktoshi. Um, <laughs> Nakabuti, I believe, was the full name. <laughs> and this, this has to get into that at this point. <laughs> Spanktoshi Nakabuti. Got it. it. It's not not even for the, the their application of it, but they have some of the best tech right now in Ethereum. A couple other projects I'm excited about. Ad Token. They just released their network last week. I believe okay. they're doing some pretty interesting things. Rid Plus, they're working on energy and, and they have some hardware they're building. That's pretty interesting. And I feel like if I explain it, I'm going to be wrong because I knew what it was six months ago, but I feel like it's it's changed. But I believe their hardware unit used to trade energy for you. Okay. So buy and sell energy at the lowest prices of the day. Mm -hmm. So, you know, trying to like minimize your, your cost of energy at all times. Okay, cool. That's an interesting project. I mean, you know, I think I think 2018 is going to be kind of the make or break year for a lot of projects in this space. And right. I'm just excited for, you know, the whole space in general this year. Right on, right on. And in the future, three to five years. Three to five years. Digital identity, you know, it's going to get there. We're talking about like Civic and things like that? I'm talking about Civic. I'm talking about Uport. I'm talking about the ability to just own and control your digital identity and all of the data you generate on the internet. What is Uport doing that maybe say something like Datum isn't doing? Or what is the structure behind Uport? Yeah, I'm actually rocking You're Uport. rocking their shirt. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> Uport is self-sovereign digital identity. So, you know, they went out and started immediately trying to solve how do you create a system, you know, in the future where everyone owns their keys and no one loses their passwords. Okay. You know, and that was like one of the first problems they set out to solve. And so they, you know, created this really interesting way of 
know, giving essentially one piece of your key to three friends so that and not telling any of those three friends that they have that piece, hmm. you know, each of them so that the only way to reassemble your, your private keys is if you, you know, use friend recovery, if you lose your passwords. So that's pretty interesting was the first thing they were kind of doing, but they've expanded it out. They have this whole concept of attestations and attributions towards identity. So they're, they're applying their stuff more towards governments because they're doing a project with Zug. So they've helped Zug implement identity for their government an identity management system where the government can give you attributes and you can attest to their correctness. And so basically the whole system where, you know, I can do something and I can attribute it to people and they can attest to that behavior or you can say you did a behavior and have other people attest to it. So you're creating this, construct of identity it's not Mm -hmm. just like a binary your name your social security number it's you know how do you actually build a construct of identity of who you are because you know i would say none of us are defined by a singular thing if this was the first podcast somebody was listening to and you were the first person they heard getting into this space which could be quite possible crypto 101 is kind of positioned in that in that way what would you let them know what would you tell them what would you want them to know there's no such thing as a free lunch you're not going to be able to just jump into crypto and, and get rich quick. Blockchain is more than just crypto. You know, it's this really how are you questioning society? And if, you know, are you questioning society? What does that look like? What does the future look like where we're not giving our identities and data to companies, but we're, we're owning that ourselves and we're taking advantage of that? You know, what does that look like? You know, I think those are kind of some fundamental questions that you got to think about in this space if you really do you want to get into it? Right. Once you start asking those questions, then a lot more of this stuff really starts making some more sense because a lot of blockchain is, is some existential questions. <laughs> so to go totally out there, since we're just on the topic of being ethereal, right? About to go zen on you. We're about to do a meditation here. Just have 10 minutes of silence on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, brother, thank you very much for coming on Crypto 101. I really appreciate it. And I really enjoyed talking to you today. Matt, my pleasure. Good, um, good luck on the gonna... conference. And Aaron Paul and Mark Van Horn from Crypto 101 Media will come over there and say what's up. And You're just staying down in Taiwan, Matt? I am still. St- I'm just staying down in Taiwan. I'm a little bummed about that, to be honest. But I am taking the whole summer in the States. So I will probably see you at different conferences over the summer. There, I think are, there's nine blockchain conferences during New York Blockchain Week. Well, it was supposed to start with Ethereal on the 11th, but now I believe the first conference is on the 10th. That's Fluidity Summit. Yeah. Hosted by AirSwap. Okay. So you guys are all just part of, Ethereal is part of this whole stretch of this consensus, everything else. Yeah. Yeah. So what I know for sure, it's Fluidity on Thursday, Ethereal Friday, Saturday. I think there's some hackathon somewhere Sunday. Mm -hmm. Consensus Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Token Summit on Thursday and Friday. It's just, you know. Yep. (laughs) It's going to be a zoo. Well, I won't be be there for those. I will be coming into the States probably around June, July and catching July, August, September, traveling around a bit. Nice, man. Well, when you're in New York, you'll have to let me know. Excellent. Excellent. Last question before we get off today. What three songs would you like on your Crypto 101 Spotify playlist? What three songs do I want on my Crypto 101 Spotify playlist? Stormy Love off the new Zoo playlist. This song on, by RAC. And Malo by Avicii. Cool, man. Thank you very much for coming on Crypto 101. And we will talk to you soon. Matt, it's been a pleasure. And thanks for having me. No problem. Bye, bro. Later, man.
Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Crypto 101. Jesse, thank you for coming on the show. And if you're going to be at the Ethereal Conference, please find Aaron Paul or Mark Van Horn of Crypto 101 Media. They're going to be there interviewing some people, rubbing some elbows. And if you want to hop on Crypto 101, find them and they'll be happy to talk to you. As always, ApogeeCrypto.com, the best place to check your real-time prices. Check out CryptoNews.com, a great place for news. And if you want a website done, check out my friend June at WPOnTheFly.co. We'll see you in the next episode of Crypto 101. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.